0: I'm Jeff Gibson
1: and I'm Shanna Paxton
0: and we are the, the movie, movie lovers, lovers. welcome Hello. to the official podcast of the Gibson review in this episode is they start the first of another three episode arc or cycle where we are talking about the week in review this episode we talk about what movies and TV shows we have been watching since the last week in review episode a couple weeks back and i think for this episode we got quite a few for shanna as as usual a couple things for me and one thing i think that we can talk about we've been talking uh or we've been watching together in our weekend review so let's get started with shanna's weekend review shanna you have a, a couple of tv shows or a limited series uh or so to talk about why don't you get started
1: yeah. So my first one is Over the Garden Wall, available on HBO. This is a mini series. And I don't think it's, um, I think it's limited. Okay. You know, it's from 2014. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Two brothers find themselves lost in a mysterious land and try to find their way home. This is a really interesting show. We've got a lot of different voices. You'll hear Christopher Lloyd's voice pretty soon in the first episode. Hmm. We've got Melanie Linsky, Colin that. Dean, Elijah Wood. Uh, I don't know. There's John Cleese. When I heard that, I was like, I'm listening. <laughs>
0: Very good. Um,
1: Shirley Jones. I'm trying to see. Oh, and then Tim Curry and Bibi Newworth. Oh, hmm. So there's a variety of people featured in this show. Uh, directed by Nate Cash. What,
0: what, what, who is what that? Who
1: appears to have worked on several different projects, but has written Over the Garden Wall and then had, uh, 21 episodes of Adventure Time between 2014 and 2012. So I, I love this show. It was recommended by a dear friend of ours. And it, it took a while to figure out what was going on.
0: How many episodes are there? I I think it's
1: eight or ten. Okay. Yeah. So there's ten episodes, and they're pretty short. They're like 10, 15 minutes each. Oh, that's really short. Oh, crazy. You just need like two or three hours to get through it. Oh. And it's really worth the watch because you think it's one thing, but it's actually another thing. So it, it kind of fits that category.
0: Uh huh. I highly recommend. What was it about? Oh. What I don't think you uh, you mentioned yet.
1: What I should say is this is a pretty spoiler. Show. Oh. Like you don't want to give too much away. It's it's two brothers. They're lost. They're trying to find their way home, and they're coming across something magical every episode. Something mm. different every episode. And so, it, you know, something might look familiar to you. You might mm. think that they're like the woodsman in the forest type story and then it's not but it feels that way Mm. at other times you know he I think one of my favorite episodes is when they come across this farm or village that is getting ready for the harvest and the villagers appear to be dressed up in different harvested vegetables like Mm. pumpkin and Uh, That's what they're wearing on their heads. And so there's no emotions or mouths moving except for the two main characters, the brothers. And so you get to see that brotherly bond. um, And it's really worth watching by yourself without knowing anything else.
0: I'm curious. You said that it's like 10 to 15 minute episodes. There's Mm -hmm. 10 episodes. Do you... Why do you think... Like, why not have it as a feature? Do you think because of its episodic nature... Like it lends better I, to the that that's that's the benefit of the ten to fifteen They to try 100%? to explore
1: oh. characters as well. They try to flesh out, you know it's the two brothers, and then you've got the pet frog. So they're trying to flesh that out. and sometimes they come across characters again. So it's this opportunity, I think, to dive into different things different ideas different magical stories without asking too many questions and once you get to the final episode it all makes sense why they did it that way
0: Huh. all right so that is over the garden wall on hbo max what else uh, do you have
1: well then i checked out the 90s show on netflix
0: Mm. were you a fan of that 70s show did you grow up With that 70s show? So
1: I wasn't allowed to watch the 70s show, but my parents watched it. Uh, I don't know what they actually thought about it. But anyway, we had You weren't allowed to? I wasn't allowed to. Okay. Uh, We had... And then at the time, it didn't really appeal to me when I was growing up. Mm. But then as an adult, when TV shows became available on DVD to watch like... to to binge watch, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And we only had one season because I don't know, maybe they didn't print everything. I'm not really sure. So it's happening in 1995 and we're now following their granddaughter instead of their son. So...
0: They being...
1: The main characters.
0: Well, I thought the main characters were... Oh, God, what's his name?
1: Topher Grace. Yeah,
0: Topher Grace. I thought he was the main character. And he
1: ended up with...
0: I only saw a few episodes myself um and laura preppen yeah laura Prepon. yes yes uh-huh. right donna anyway. donna is the character's yeah. name yeah. so
1: they end up together they have a daughter named leia so cute and well she wants to figure out who she is herself huh. and so she wants to stay with the grandparents for summer huh and i've only seen about three episodes okay uh it's not for me <laughs>
0: So you've seen a quarter of the, I, of the show, and, and you didn't like it much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp. That was nice. And, you know, some of the characters make their way through. They do not hold back. You get to see Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher probably, like, 12, 16 minutes in to the first episode, if I uh-huh. remember correctly, or the second episode, something uh-huh. like that. And so I just I, – I don't – I'm not into watching people get high and then just sit there and say stupid shit. Oh.
0: So they well, kind really, of
1: emulate that again.
0: You really wouldn't have liked that '70s show then. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I I like the parents. I like,
0: uh huh.
1: You know, Red and Kitty. So I, uh, for me, if if you en- if you do not enjoy watching people sit around and be high, that's uh, not really worth it for you.
0: Do you think that this is like? a good idea do you think that this is an idea that can sustain multiple seasons or do you think that you 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 expect not to see this last very long or, i don't know yeah. i
1: don't know it's also like oh a lot of people grew up with the 70s show yeah so maybe maybe there's enough of a crowd out there but it's it's not me
0: all right so that's the that that's that seven ninety show Goddamn that <laughs> that's that 90s show on hbo max uh, what else uh, what else you got
1: my next one is on apple tv shining girls oh boy starring oh my gosh you'll be fine starring elizabeth moss that's why i was like mostly drawn to it uh-huh. uh and then we've got philippa sue chris chalk yeah what tell, me, people, tell me people a lot of people right. i don't really know
0: yeah tell me people i would know it sounds like just a. Uh, Philip sue and she and, and and uh elizabeth moss mostly yes all right What what is this one about
1: well i'm gonna read the description because this is also one of those shows that's pretty heavy spoilery Okay. years after a brutal attack left her in a constantly shifting oh okay
0: <laughs> the imdb is a wow. spoiler
1: we'll see constantly shifting reality Kirby learns that a recent murder is linked to her assault. She teams up with a veteran reporter to understand her ever changing present and confront her past. So they're kind of telling you what's going on over there, but I'm not gonna speak too much to it. I will say this is a crime show with like a serial rapist slash killer and we're following Elizabeth he rapes Moss.
0: Them too? Oh my god. I didn't realize he rapes them too. I've seen a couple episodes. I kind of walked in with you you know what
1: maybe i assumed i'll take it back okay that's fine sometimes to me on tv assault and rape look the same with how it gets presented i see so my apologies there's eight episodes so we see this from the perspective of elizabeth moss's character and then the killer jamie bell his character
0: Oh so Jamie
1: Bell is the killer we see that from the get go and Elizabeth Moss is trying to report on it with another reporter so we see their two perspectives okay. and so it's not just a let's find the killer uh-huh. kind of show, it's adding in some other elements some sci-fi elements I guess because it's like time time is shifting, reality is shifting really? yeah so, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it looks like they hint at it in the i m d b description, so therefore, I feel confident saying what I just said.
0: Well, that's funny because when when you when I heard that description, I was thinking, well, like she's so traumatized from what I've seen that like she her her perspective of reality is off sometimes,
1: and maybe I'll learn more as we go along, but she is being treated. Not well by the police and the Uh. sketch artist and everyone else. So maybe this is also a bigger commentary on how women are not believed when they're assaulted. And how, okay, well, if you think that they're crazy or something's wrong with them mentally, then we're going to play that card and show you how you're just being an idiot. So...
0: So I didn't. I knew that the the killer looked familiar. I didn't reckon, I didn't realize it was Jamie Bell, who you know he he's like well, the dancing kid. The movie I didn't get to see. What what, what was that? Uh,
1: Rocket Man. Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, not Rocket Man. <laughs> not Rocket Sorry. Man.
0: He. Um, yeah. He's Billy Elliot. He's been in King Kong and a bunch of things over the years. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that was him. I will say, in case it's not obvious from Shannon's description, like yeah this this movie is dark when it or the show when it shows Jamie Bell's perspective, it's it's very unpleasant and it's one of those things where I look over at my wife I'm like, why do you enjoy seeing these things? you know it's like it's so <laughs> disturbing, and it's not my cup of tea at all. and so. You know, uh, you know you, you, if, you, if you love crime shows like Shanna. And I you think ha- you
1: have to remember that CSI came out uh-huh. at a very impressionable age. Uh. And we were constantly being told growing up as... You know, beyond just being a girl Mm -hmm. and beyond being in South Africa, we were constantly told that, oh, you'll be in danger, you'll be in danger, you could be raped if you wear a skirt like that, blah, 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 blah. Uh So to me, in my mind, I was like, oh, well, maybe if I watch enough crime shows, I can anticipate, you know, bad Mm -hmm. people and how to counter it. Uh So I think that's where emotionally it stems from. But also, this is a huge category, you know, this is a huge...
0: It's it, yes, it is. Uh, so
1: it's nice to see it being played with a little bit.
0: Sure. Yeah. So you like Shining Girls? So you're almost done so with it. So far, I
1: do. I think I'm halfway.
0: You, I know you're more than halfway. I'm halfway. Okay. You only seen four episodes. Yeah. Okay. I they're about
1: 45, 50 minutes long, so they're pretty long.
0: Yeah, I thought you were on episode six or so. Yep. All right. So uh, you like that, and you recommend it so far.
1: Yeah. If you're into, if you're into crime shows, and you're not triggered by female assault or, or rape kind yeah. of on that category then yeah go for it
0: that's a big one yeah all right
1: my next one's really light-hearted it is you people
0: the opposite <laughs> end of the shining girl spectrum
1: yeah uh you people on netflix follows a new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences. There's a lot going on here. Um, Somebody explained like, oh, it's like a guess who's coming to dinner, but really what I think they meant is it's a white guy with a black girl, you know?
0: Wow, okay. But do you feel that that's reductive of what the movie is?
1: Yeah, I think it's much, I mean... Look, guess who's coming to dinner is we only have 24, well, less than 24 hours with them. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to come together. And we get to see the parents of both sides, yeah. try to figure it all out, their fears and everything in between. But with this one, it's actually happening over a, quite a few weeks or months. And so they they come together. They find each other. They love each other. They, they decide they're going to get married. And then the parents come in and out of the lives leading up to them the wedding
0: is it is it still the central conflict oh they're a mixed race couple or is that really not what the big deal is
1: what i liked about it is we saw the two people in love and then we saw the parents on either side honestly really battling with knowing how to be with it
0: why i think that's interesting in today's terms in today's context why that would be like still an issue How is it presented as an issue? It's not
1: like they're not supported. Okay. They're supported, but they have their own prejudices and fears and not knowing how to act. Like Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, the mom of Jonah Hill's character, is asking the fiance, Lauren London, what kind of hairstyle is that? And Lauren London eventually says, look, you're treating me like a doll. I'm not something you get to play with. And there's behaviors that lead up to that. Then Eddie Murphy, who is playing Lauren London's dad, is thinking a certain way of Jonah Hill. And that also comes to a head. Basically, what ends up happening is both kids have to confront these two parents and figure out how they're going to be able to move forward.
0: Hmm. Who else stars in it?
1: We've got David Duchovny. We've got Nia Long. Oh, okay. Elliot Gould. Rhea Perlman makes an appearance.
0: Huh. So, very, pretty decent cast. How, how was the movie? Did I
1: enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny, but it also didn't let us forget that, hey, we're still, we still have some cleaning up to do. So, as a white woman, I enjoyed this movie. I'm sure that, you know, depending on your culture, each person's cultural... Background and race, they might be seeing the, the film differently. And so, from my perspective, I didn't really see any fault with it. Uh, it was a pretty solid film. It kept going. There weren't any, like, lo- there, there wasn't really any unnecessary filler. Mm. I felt like both parents' prejudices were being represented fairly equally. Mm-hmm. And then I did like that we got some time with the couple alone which is not what we see really in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. The couple come together after each aggression or microaggression. Um, So that was quite good to see how they were trying to deal with it. Okay. And so I highly recommend checking it out because it's a really fun one. You know, you're always just trying to impress the parents of your significant other. Like, if you're not, then that's good for you. (laughs) But it's always a little... You know, scary being around your significant other's parents. Mm. Never mind if there's cultural differences, or you're going to put your foot in your mouth mm. uh, by thinking that you're being supportive, but actually you're not really. You're being an idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's um, directed. It's directed by Kenya Barris, who's done a lot of work with uh, Blackish.
0: He created Blackish. Yeah,
1: and Girls Trip, and Grownish, you know all the Ishes. So I. That explains why it's so good.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's recap here for your Weekend Review. You did Over the Garden Wall. How would you rate that? I highly
1: recommend. I'd give it a 9. Wow,
0: okay. Uh, That 90s show.
1: Don't recommend. I give it a 2.
0: Ooh. wow. That's really, really bad. And Shining Girls on Apple TV+. Plus.
1: I recommend this if you're not going to be triggered by what I spoke about earlier. An 8.
0: And You People on Netflix.
1: An 8. It's a good eight? time. Wow,
0: that's a really good good movie then. Excellent. All right, so that's your weekend review. Now, Mike, my, my weekend review. I, I oddly enough I haven't watched that much on my own. What I've been focusing on—it's a little
1: weird. You've been home for like six weeks.
0: I mean, ish. Yeah, and we've talked about some of the things I have watched over that time in past episodes, but like this time, I've been really focusing on Muppet movies because I'm. In the process of writing an article that where I review and rank all the Muppet movies, there are eight theatrically released Muppet films, three of which were released during Jim Henson's lifetime, and then two, three, three were in the 90s, two were uh, more recently. So I'm over halfway through getting through that. With luck, I'll be... I'll be done by the time we are um, doing our next episode, and maybe I can have that that article published soon. I don't know. It depends. I have three more left to go, but it's it's been interesting. It, it, There's definitely a difference after Jim Henson uh, passed away, and his son, Brian Henson, seems to have t- taken over in the 90s. Uh, you can notice a shift, and I'll let the article get published, and for you to be able to read my thoughts On on those, but that's kind of what I've been doing for the most part, and how that's been going. In addition to that, though, I also in in the free time I have alone, been watching a show on Hulu that's been sitting on my Hulu. What what I don't know what they call it. Watch next um, list watch list. I don't know what they call it on Hulu. (laughs) Every streaming service has a different name for it, but it's been sitting on there for. For a while, and it's it's High Fidelity, not the movie, as you know, longtime listeners will know, because I've talked about the movie several times. But you can imagine why I might be interested in this TV show that was exclusive to Hulu, that stars Zoe Kravitz, uh, daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Janae Bay, who starred in the film version of High Fidelity. Nick Hornby, the author of the original book, he actually has a huge creative influence on this show. I think maybe he wrote scripts for the show, too, adapting his own work. If you recall, I, I definitely know that he's an executive producer. Uh, it stars Zoe Kravitz and and Jake Lacey, Divine Joy Randolph. She would eventually go on to be an murders and only murders in the building and i think she was in lost city also last year it was kingsley Benadier stars in it and david holmes those are the major players a few other people pop up during the course of the series I you know it, i was i was unsure
1: mm,
0: being cool. a huge fan of the movie and a huge fan of the yeah, book
1: you really love that film
0: i was like I don't know, like, it seems like a weird choice to make a series out of. Can you really make it? What is it? Every episode's going to be about an ex? Like, how how are we going to do it? Because, oh. you know, like, the original story is about this person going through a breakup and being yeah. so upset about the breakup that they... You they... could have
1: included it in your breakup movies.
0: It did, actually. If you recall, oh. it was in my <laughs> list in the la- in last week's episodes.
1: <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long, long week. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the show adapts the that story it's interesting it's always man i haven't experienced this since like the the popularity of the shakespeare the shakespeare trend of the 90s where you're seeing like the same story Mm. similar stories being uh, retold in different ways but this feeling of like knowing a story really well and seeing it retold Mm -hmm. in a different way is it's such an interesting feeling i definitely get it here where like they include beats from the original story and the movie, right? Yeah. But like they will do it differently somehow, or like the story is stretched out over multiple episodes. So like it's not it's it's not like they truncate the whole story into a couple episodes and then go on from there or anything like that. Okay. Um, it is kind of spread out throughout the ten episodes. And I, I actually really like, I think, like, you start to see analogs. Like, you see D- Divine basically takes on the character that Jack Black played in the original movie. I got you, to
1: watch a little bit of that. That was really fun. Uh,
0: you got David Holmes playing the Todd Luizzo character. Uh, and, and, and so you see uh, versions of it. You know, every character has been slightly changed in some way um a little more diversity it's not so white focused in 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 this version of it which is good it all the changes actually i haven't been really too upset with the changes there is one episode where like okay so like there's a moment in the movie and in the book where where rob gets a call someone who has a record collection wants to sell a record collection and and Rob goes and checks that out. I think it might have been a deleted scene in the movie, actually. Now that I think about it, but that that's the only frustrating thing because I I get the impression during the course of that episode, there's a whole episode, and I get the impression, okay, we're going to do something different here, and instead, it kind of takes an entire episode to kind of arrive at the same point. That the deleted scene ended up arriving at. And that the book, if I recall, it's in the book, too. Okay. That it arrived at as well. And um, that's a little frustrating and disappointing. <clears throat> only because, like, you just drug it out. Okay. For so long to arrive at the same place. So, but but that's, like, really my only criticism of it. I'm actually... This show, it, it dropped during pandemic, which you'd think would be ideal. Okay. It dropped in 2020 you think that would be a perfect time because everybody was at home, you know, binging and everything. And I guess, like, the the material wasn't what people wanted or something because it got canceled. Mm. It, it did not have a second season, unfortunately. And this is, a little, in my experience, I'm really bad with catching up on TV shows. But more yeah. often than not, I'm like, eh. You know, like, like the last week in review we had. Uh, this is the one time I'm like you know what this could have been more than a season so far I haven't finished it so I still have like I think I'm halfway through it or so I still have like an hour or two's worth of, of material left but so far I'm pretty pleased with it I recommend going back checking out High Fidelity on Hulu because it's actually pretty good it's it's worthwhile hmm. and Zoe Kravitz is, is pretty awesome Divine is hilarious and, and cool in it too So,
1: I love both of those actresses
0: So that does it for my Week in Review. It's mostly just High Fidelity. Just letting you know that I'm also watching Muppet movies, and I have an article coming out in the near future about that. Now it's time for our Week in Review. And it's one movie. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) we i i find it kind of odd but i guess we've been watching a lot of uh, modern family uh in the off time that i've had off of work due to an injury just kind of like a feel good kind of thing we've also been playing games so we really only have like one movie to talk about or any uh, only one thing to talk about so let's talk about that so we saw women talking it finally finally came out to our theater I think it was a, like a limited release kind of thing in December. And then like it's limped along opening theaters wider and wider, I guess. I'd have to look at Box off Mojo I guess they were see.
1: trying to like cause a little bit of anticipation. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I've been
1: gagging for this film.
0: Yeah. So this is Sarah Pauly's latest movie. Sarah Pauly who, of course, directed Away From Her and the great documentary Stories We Tell. Mm. And she did another movie I wasn't as big a fan of with Michelle Williams and Seth Rogan. Do you remember that movie? You liked it more than me. Uh, a few years back...
1: I'm looking it up. I can't
0: find it. Take This it. Waltz, uh, it was called. That's right. Take This Waltz. I forgot about that. Generally, though, a fan of, of Sarah Pauly, so it's been several years since she came out with an movie. Very excited about this. And this is a mostly all mostly female cast literally lives up to the name. And it's about women trying to in this colony having to make a decision. And they have to they're talking out what their decision is. Right. I'll leave it to you, Shannon, whether or not to say anything more than that be any more descriptive than that about it but yeah
1: i don't recommend going to imdb to learn more They yeah it's I'm, pretty spoilery i'm, I'm really, very surprised
0: i'm really glad that i saw the movie before reading up on it i went yeah. on in mostly cold but here's the cast and this is why i like i went in mostly cold a it's uh sarah paulie uh directing and shanna who stars in it
1: rooney mara claire foy jessica buckley francis mcdormand is there for a while judith ivy who i i quite enjoyed Emily Mitchell, Kate Hatlett, Kate Hallett. Sorry, she's familiar. Oh, what has she been in?
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with most of the cast, but there's a few names that you've you've mentioned there that I, I am familiar with. Uh, it looks like it is her debut. It's
1: her debut. She looks so familiar. <laughs> Why? Uh, Liv McNeil, Sh- Sheila M- McCarthy, Michelle Lapad. L- M- I'm sorry, Michelle McCloid.
0: McLeod. McLeod. It, it. You know, those mostly it's people you wouldn't really know. But there are a few names that we mentioned that, that you you would recognize. Mm-hmm. So, Shannon, t- tell us about... Why don't you talk about women talking?
1: I was really excited about this film. I was going to really be annoyed and angry if I didn't get to watch it before we watch the Oscars, which I don't think that this got any nominations for Oscars, right?
0: I'd have to double check.
1: Okay. Well, go ahead and check. This film was just beautiful and... Lovely how they were bringing all these generations together. The community decides they need to make a decision about what to do next, the community of women, in this very isolated religious community. And they nominate, I think, like five families to go discuss what should happen for everyone. Hmm. And it's different generations. You've got the grandmothers, the mothers, and the very young daughters I think 13 or 14 years old something like that and so they're all in the barn and it, it was just beautiful to see them all come together and talk well ask questions uh-huh. consider just consider the meaning of the words they were choosing and if they wanted to clarify well, what, what do we mean by this what could that mean? Uh-huh, yes. And taking that moment to pause and just really carefully make their decisions, carefully use their words, not to hurt each other, mm. but really to try to get to a common goal. And I thought it was just such a beautiful experiment uh, and a lovely way to kind of observe what is it like if we do come together and we do talk and listen to each other? It, 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 especially now where we have like social media is how we really communicate. Mm. And if we don't want to talk to someone, you know, we say, oh, I'll get back to you. And we don't necessarily get back to them or, mm. oh, I'm mad at you. I'm not going to necessarily talk to you about it, though. and uh, Rather than identify the problem, acknowledge that person's feelings and, ask for forgiveness and move on. And that was one of the most beautiful things in this film is they've all had different experiences with brutality. Yes. And they're all acknowledging each other's or they come to an acknowledgement of each other's experiences. And I just thought it was just absolutely a beautiful piece of work, beautiful acting, beautiful direction. Cinematography was spot on. The music was good. Um, it wasn't overbearing. It was mm. really about these women coming together and finding a solution through talking it out.
0: So, first of all, it was actually nominated for two Academy Awards: one for Best Picture, one for Best Screenplay. Okay. Uh, I think adapted screenplay. It must be based on a, a previous source. I don't think it's a play. I think it's. I think it's a, a novel. But uh, you, you go ahead and check yes, me on that one. Yes, I believe but, so. You know, I think what you're talking about basically is intellectual discourse. You actually, this movie is a, it's a talking movie. It's a a movie uh, that features intellectual discourse between uh, a group of people. And in that way, it actually feels like a play. It feels like this could be a play, like a David Mm -hmm. Mamet play or something like that. And it's really great in that sense. But it's also like, I didn't happen to catch it, but it seemed to be very vague about the time that it's set in. Like, it's very clear like when it's not set you you yeah at the same time you have this commune that like or not com, colony that is like they're very they're very much dressed uh in a 19th century manner you know and there you don't see really technology being a factor in them maybe and so it has this this uh, idea that this is what women have been dealing with throughout history Mm -hmm. through that that kind of um, our ambiguous element of Mm -hmm. when it takes place right and so that's really that's really great Uh, did you find out
1: so it is based on a book and um if i were to read the description of the book that would be a spoiler as well in a way but i definitely want to go listen to the audio book or read Mm. it or something because i'm very interested
0: so it is based on a book that's the important part so uh we
1: had said this could be a play. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah,
0: yes, and it's it's also interesting. You know, there's a lot to to appreciate. It's it's definitely a movie that should uh, invite discussion afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a movie that you talk about with someone after watching, and you can have a, lo- a really great discussion this after could, s- after watching this movie. This
1: could be a great film study, not just from like, oh, we're gonna make a film, but rather like. How can we, how can we come together and not dismiss each other, not find oh. the solution just because of indifference?
0: Oh, not, not from a film studies yeah. perspective. Uh, okay. Also, like, you know, there's little things like there's these two girls that are in it and, and I appreciate how like they're just bored you know At like times. very realistically they're just like these people just keep talking oh my god can't we be done that sort of thing i i i thought that was a nice touch and there's there's lots of great touches and jesse buckley's character infuriates me you know and, and and frustrates me and there's different feelings for different characters in the movie
1: i know that character infuriates you but it like if you think about it each woman represents a different way in which women are dealing with brutality. And it's an opportunity for you to recognize, like, she's rightly so the way she is. And by mm. the end of it, it feels like a lot of her, she's had an arc.
0: Mm. So did
1: you like her at the end?
0: I, uh, I I don't know if I liked her, but I understand what you're saying. And I understand what... I, I, I understand her, basically, through what you're saying. I, I get it. I get it. I don't know if I, I liked her, but I get it. Yeah, so I think this is a great movie, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really great movie. I think that it, it was definitely a movie that, gosh, you know, just like so many mid-budget movies the, the last year, it, it just didn't get a whole lot of attention like it, it deserved. And so I would give A Woman Talking an 8 out of 10. How about you?
1: Oh, i give it a 9
0: excellent and that does it for our weekend review then therefore that does it for the weekend review (laughs) (laughs) what are your thoughts about any of these things that we've talked about if you have seen them feel free to share your thoughts at the gibson review at gmail.com all right Shannon. before we talk about the next couple episodes of the movie lovers why don't you share with people where they can find you online
1: You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography and on FlickChart A. Where can people find you and the blog post?
0: So primarily at thegibsonreview.com. It's where you can find articles, past episodes of Movie Lovers, reviews, other things along those lines. Uh, Articles about my favorite movies, even, are on there. Feel free to peruse and mine. And in the near future, you'll see an article about the Muppet movies. Woohoo! On social media, you can follow on facebook.com slash the Gibson Review and on Instagram where I'm most active, the Gibson 99. I do bracket polls there. Currently, we're going through your favorite breakup movie in the spirit of the last episode of the Movie Lovers where we talked about our favorite breakup movies. If you haven't heard that, feel free to check that out. I think the poll will probably be over by the time you're listening to this podcast. You can find out the results of that at the Gibson 99 on Instagram. And I think we did favorite 1996 movie. I don't think it was announced in the last episode, but Fargo was your favorite 1996 movie. Uh, voted on there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So go enjoy. Next time on The Movie Lovers, the first uh, episode coming up, we will be doing our review of the MCU's Phase Five kickoff, Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantum Mania is a uh, pretty exciting for us. We're looking forward to that. Curious to see how elements of the end of the Loki series on Disney Plus ties into this movie, if at all. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it's not um totally disjointed. And so uh, that'll be next week. You can look for that on Tuesday. February 28th, and then after that, the following week, we will be talking about our favorite pre title sequences. I think it was last year, maybe the year before, we talked about our favorite opening title sequences. This was planned to come uh, circle back around to, and so we finally are favorite pre title sequences. These are uh, the scenes before the title credits. So, I think that's a huge task we're currently researching right now. Look for that episode. Tuesday, March 7th. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shannon saying, bye-bye.